previously on Transformers Chronicles. Yeah, that cover for issue five is that that is a great, great cover. I'm great sure cover. we'll have a lot to say about that one. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't even want to spoil it. I don't even know if Pat's going to look at it, but I, I distinctly remember that cover. It's great. Will Delvin be two for two with his bold prediction? Wait, bold? It's the cover to issue five. Everyone's rating this one a 10. Look, look, you read the script and we give you back your issue of What If 34, like, like what was in the deal. <sighs> Ryan Daly didn't have to read a script. <clears throat> anyway. Will Delvin be two for two with his bold prediction? Can we judge this book by this cover? If we can, and the Transformers are in fact all dead, what's the book even going to be about? Just O doing stuff? What am I, Clinton Robinson, even doing here? All these questions and more will be answered on Transformers Chronicles, The Marvel Years. Hello, and welcome back to Transformers Chronicles. In case you're new to the show, let me tell you what this thing is about. We're going for a wild, crazy ride, learning about the awesome, wacky, and sometimes corny world of the Transformers U.S. version. This podcast is absolutely guaranteed to be, you guessed it, more than meets the eye. But I'm not alone on this crusade. First up, we have the founder of the Longbox Crusade, the novice to the Transformers world, the seeker of the matrix of knowledge, and he finally gets to understand what that is, this very issue. Pat Sampson. Pat, what is up? What's changed for you since the last episode? It's me. I'm transforming, Delvin. Wow. That's impressive. Does, does that hurt? It looked a little painful. Eh, just in my throat when I make that noise. <laughs> oh, that's what. <laughs> you, you have to transform from the diaphragm. It helps. Mm. Yes. I don't think I have Wait, one of those. Do you say you transform into a diaphragm? <laughs> <laughs> and now we play the waiting game. <laughs> no. <laughs> from, from the diaphragm. From the me, 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 me diaphragm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Next up, we have our Transformers expert, the lesser half of the Married with Comics podcast. Hi, Maggie. Uh, Maggie said to say, hi, Delvin. Sweet. The provider of knowledge, Jonathan Schaefer Hames. John, talk to me. What has changed in your life since last episode? You know what? I vote that we go back to how is your life transformed? What? You guys were all like, oh, he complained about it. I want to change my life. I, that was way back in episode one. I think I've grown as a person since oh. then. I think we can, I can accept the obvious quality in your original term. Our little blusters so going bigger now. We can say, how have you transformed your life? Or rather, how has your life transformed? I think that'd be a good way to split the difference on that. Okay. We can work on that for uh, for next one, but for now. For I did now. that basically because my life hasn't really changed or transformed, if you will, much since the last time we uh, recorded. I mean, it's still a frozen wasteland outside, <laughs> and it's, if anything, worse. Send help. Or at least sunlight. Yes, please that. We're just thinking of spring, reading Transformers, and and ready to go. 
But Delvin, we cannot forget about you. How has your life transformed since last we spoke? I'm very similar to you. Not similar to Pat, uh, who transforms either from the diaphragm or into one. We'll figure that out later. <laughs> and since it's been a very short- again. <laughs> I'm gonna pipe now. <laughs> we, we wouldn't pass him up to him. He's just become his own pipe. Oh boy, uh, we've gone into the pale already. It would be uh, weird if I smoked myself. No, I mean, you know, some people pay good money to see that. <laughs> So, yeah, not too much for me has changed. It's been pretty much steady as she goes here in lovely Charlotte, North Carolina. We have not had bad of a weather as uh, you guys uh, in Wisconsin. So I will send some thoughts and prayers and uh, some sunlight your way or work on transforming into a sun and just going over there myself. One or the other. The first one will probably happen faster, though. Uh, Well, welcome back, gents. It's always glad to have you. Hold on, wait, wait. What? We we have a guest. We have another guest. Like somebody else wanted to come on and talk. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Gentlemen, please join me in welcoming to the show the host of Coffee and Comics, contributor to the BatmanUniverse.net, an enormous fan of the Transformers, Clinton Robinson. Great to have you on the crusade. Clinton, what's up with you? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I don't want to worry anybody, but there's this thing over here on my desk that keeps moving around in all sorts of different shapes and right now it looks kind of like a pipe (laughs) (laughs) and it started smoking Uh, well um, yeah we're gonna have to let you worry about that yourself um we're in the same room and everything i could provide assistance but i'd stay away from it be honest with you it's probably just one of a three-part transformer that combines into a bigger thing so it's best (laughs) to just imagine the other two are there like you did when you were a kid and didn't have like left arm of superior (laughs) but clinton it is good to have you here what is your uh transformers origin story as it were how did you come into contact with these lovely robots in disguise oh man i i watched the cartoon like every day after school religiously cool did you have any of the toys yeah i I mean i had a fair amount not like one of those you know posted on facebook kind of collections but yeah i had quite a few did you read these comics along along with it at the time or read them later i had no clue there were even comics about transformers not until years later you know we're talking like somewhere in the early 90s probably before i even really knew such a thing existed that's right about the end of the run, the original Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was pretty much it. Like, I found out about it after it was all said and done. And then it's like, oh, they had adventures with G.I. Joe and all this other stuff. What the crap? They did things. Yeah. Now, I, I did read Generation 2, the 12-issue mini from Marvel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. I was, yeah. I remember hating it at the time. Yeah. Simon Furman himself wound up hating it. He completely ignores it when he came back when, with IDW to do the Regeneration 1 that continues this series that we're doing right now. So yeah. Furman didn't like it. It was an obvious cash grab at the time. You know, yeah. They had reissued a lot of the toys, and they were like, well, you know, let's tie in a comic, see what we can make out of it. Yeah, it didn't work as well as Gen 1 did, that's for sure. Yeah. 
And I just remember it just looked like the big sloppy mess. I, I don't know. I remember not like. Well, when you have art with Starscream having a venom like tongue out there just for no reason. You shut up. That didn't happen. And I didn't read it. And it's not. That'd be stupid. And it's not seared in your memory and you have nightmares of it. Every, <laughs> no. Shut up, I said. That's like Cobra Commander turning into a snake. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad idea. Why? Hasbro really had a lot of people that did not understand the kids' love of these characters. We're awful chatty today about Transformers in general. Well, that's a good thing. But we should probably at least get somewhat on track. So we're ready for our first promo break. We'll be right back. The Transformers will return after these messages. When you talk about comics, does it sound something like this? Look, you can't put the Superman number 77s with the 200s. They haven't even discovered red kryptonite yet. And you uh, you can't put the number 98 with the 300s. Lori Lamaris hasn't even been introduced. Or maybe it sounds a little more like this. You think Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman? What are you, cracked? Why not? I saw the other day he was carrying five elephants in one hand. Boy, you don't know nothing. Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman is a real guy. No way a cartoon could beat up a real guy. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Would be a good fight, though. Hello. I am the constantly caffeinated Clinton Robison, and my comics discussions can go to both extremes, but generally fall somewhere in between. On the Coffee and Comics podcast, I will review comic stories and other comics-related topics that can be enjoyed over a cup of coffee. So pour the coffee, or other beverage of choice, and join me on the Coffee and Comics podcast, available on iTunes and coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com. We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back. The issue we will be covering today is Transformers, issue number five. And here's John with the cover description. All right. Thank you, Delvin. Uh, This cover has a great picture of Optimus Prime holding his laser rifle in his right hand and pointing at the audience with his left up in the little up corner photo that they did. The top of the cover are the words more than meets the eye with the class The Transformers logo. The main cover features the Decepticon shockwave turned to the audience, turned to his right, his gun smoking. Behind him to the right is a wall with writing seared into it that is clear that shockwave wrote with his gun in a fourth wall wink and a nod are all dead. This one is about the most iconic Transformers comic. The only cover that's close to this would be issue number one, I would say, which I I, I gave a nine to. You're traditionally to. a hard sell. It is a really eye-catching, scary-looking cover. The smoke coming out of Shockwave's gun is a very nice touch, and just the are all dead, which uh, is just amazing. And I would and did grab it right off the spinner rack. I mean, I wound up having like three different copies of this for some reason. That's not a bad problem to have. They had them in these uh, bags with four, five, and six. I remember that. I bought that after I'd already bought it as a single. And then I was at somebody's birthday party where we had uh, games to get little gifts to take home. And I got the same Transformers 4, 5, and 6. So I wound up having this one around a lot and read it a lot because there would just occasionally I would see this cover and then want to 
pick it up and read it. Clinton, what did you think of this cover? Like you said, this is pretty much one of the most iconic covers of this whole series. Reading Wizard back in the day, this and the Spider-Man cover were pretty much only two Transformers issues that they would feature. It's pretty much an easy sell. It's a beautiful cover. It definitely makes you want to know like what's going on in the story. And personally, you know, I really like Shockwave anyway, so... It, it would definitely would have been an instant sell had I known these things existed. <laughs> I want to add something. We always talk in uh, Crusader Chronicles about how usually in the 60s and 70s, they would sell a book by saying, you know, is the hero going to kick the bucket? Particularly Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man could be going up against Lint Man. Like, oh, my God, you know, I'm done for. I'm going to be put out to the, lo- to the wash or something like that. It's like, ooh, no, no he's not. Let's get to Pat. Pat, what do you what do you think about the cover? Oh well, I agree with everybody as well too. This is a iconic cover. I never had a shockwave figure. You know someone who had a shockwave? Mm-hmm. Yep, my friend Brian had him. Ooh, some friends down the you, street had him. And that's what I like about this picture. Really, you can see in the gun in the hand because his gun and his hand were kind of like that lighter kind of see through transparenty purple. Mm-hmm. When I look at the hand and the gun, I can kind of see that. Didn't the gun light, it light up, didn't it? It it did. It had two different sounds, and his arms would fold together to become the barrel. Mm -hmm. I'm just jealous. I don't think I ever have even seen a Shockwave toy. Really? Yeah, really. I had something better. I had a um, the Korean toy that it was based on that it was looked like Shockwave, but it was gray, and it was just called Laser Robot. (laughs) Somehow... It got into a radio shack in uh, Park Falls, Wisconsin, when I was a kid. And it was for 15 bucks. And the shockwave himself was like 25. Transformers were really expensive, especially the, the ones that had diecast metal like he did. Mm-hmm. And he was a, a high end one. He was one of the first, he was the first uh, new Transformer you could get after the first run. Mm, interesting. Mm. So that's why he's able to be in, in a book that uh, this early. Okay. Nice. Good stuff to know and stuff I didn't know. I guess I should uh, do my cover description. Not much to say other than, you know, we've done our build up and we've gone through the first four issues. And they're like, I mean, in the issue four ended on the cliffhanger of, you know, Shockwave coming in and blasting everybody. But just imagine, you know, if somebody is just picking up issue five for the first time and they're like, you, you would have to buy this. If you mm-hmm. had any interest in the Transformers and you're seeing Shockwave standing there looking just menacing as all get out. Yeah, I, I cannot say enough good things about this cover. It's I mean, a, they made him just look like just a complete badass on this cover. It's a really good drawing. Do we know who drew this? Mark D. Bright. Mark Bright? Mark Bright is the cover credit school, according to Mike's Amazing World. He's the artist. Go figure. I, has anyone heard of it? Clinton? John? I've never heard of him. Yeah. Green Emerald Dawn. Emerald Dawn 1, 2, to 6. And yeah, he's done a lot. Green Lanterns. Okay. He's really good. I can't believe I don't know his name. A lot of Iron Man, Power Man. Night so I, I will Google that and uh, check it out when uh, someone <clears throat> else is monologuing. But I'm hosting and stuff. I guess I should transition to cover ratings. Let's rate the cover. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty easy, but still got to do it. Uh, for those who are new to the show, we here at Transformer Chronicles rate stuff on a scale of 1 to 10, just like the tech specs of the Transformers toys, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Let's start with our guest, Clinton. 
what do you rate the cover? Yeah, I mean, I could start all kinds of controversy and give this thing a two, but <laughs> let's be honest, it's a 10. It's a solid 10. It's this cover alone instantly sells it. And if you're going to want any cover from the Transformer series as a poster, this is probably going to be it. You know, I might be completely wrong. Pat, what do you think? I'm going to give it a 10 too. I think you're right. This is iconic. I just really like how detailed Shockwave looks in this. So great. Yeah. It, 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 I could just look at Shockwave and, oh, it's just awesome. Delvin? This is a 10. This is just a, a clear and obvious 10 too. I love that covering. The way technology is now, you could probably custom order a fathead or something and get a recreation of this cover, which would be amazing to have on the wall anywhere. That would be great. What do you think, John? As predicted by Delvin shortly after we first started podcasting, yeah, this is a 10. If you give this anything but a 10, you're trolling. <laughs> well, actually, I think <laughs> seven and a half. <laughs> as as it does work. It's obviously just opposed to a toy. <laughs> ah, yeah, I had a feeling that you would rate it a 10. And just because even from issue one, I'm sitting there thinking about what's to come because I thought that five was the first issue uh, that I had read. And I was wrong. I, I had read four before. But man, looking at this, this cover alone, just fantastic. <laughs> Enough uh, ranting and raving about the cover, mostly raving. Here's Pat with the credits for the issue. All right. Credits come from Mike's Amazing World of Comics. So uh, let's give it up for Mike. Thank you, Mike. Let's go with this. uh, Is Marvel's Transformers issue number five. In Marvel UK issues, it was 22 and 23. The New Order. Published by Marvel. Got a cover date of June 1985, but uh, on sale of March 1985. Cover price was 75 cents. Editor is James C. Owsley. You may also recognize as the assistant editor for G.I. Joe and also is Christopher Priest. That still blows me away. Very cool. He's a heck of a guy, too. Just met him in November. Oh, awesome. Uh, As mentioned before, the title is New Order and the writer is Bob Budiansky. Bob takes over as the main writer for this series and remains so for the next four years. Oh, very cool. Artist is Alan Kupperberg. The letterer is Rick L. Parker. And colorist is Nelson Yamtov. See, I'm saying that good now, huh? Perfect. You nailed it. I'm getting better at this. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Wrong, wrong show. <laughs> I know. We just did a Chronicles where like Mike Esposito was not the anchor. And we almost just stopped. <laughs> like, <laughs> screw this. I'm not doing this podcast. This is lame. <sighs> anyway. Cover credits for the cover are artist Mark Bright. Did he have any ink or anything like that? No, just uh, just according to Mike's, it's just artist is Mark Bright. So, man, if somebody knows, let us know. Man, I, I am I'm, I'm definitely going to go look up some more stuff by this dude because I mean he captured my heart with that cover, no doubt about it. So I will go ahead and get to the synopsis. It is a world transformed where things are not what they seem. It is the world Oh, 
Following the explosive conclusion of last issue, Shockwave is busy. He watches several televisions to learn what he can about Earth. Shockwave spies a news report on a state-of-the-art oil rig and its owner, flamboyant multimillionaire industrialist Tony St- I mean GB Blackrock, as well as his, as his employee, computer expert Josie Beller. Shockwave declares that the conquest of this planet will be a simple matter indeed as he strides past a room full of Autobots, seemingly lifeless and hanging from the ceiling like slabs of beef. Shockwave then checks on the other Decepticons, notably Megatron, who has recently regained consciousness but is in rather bad shape from recent events. Shockwave bluntly states that it was because of him that the Decepticons were victorious in the battle, that Megatron's recent leadership had much to be desired, and that logic dictates Shockwave must assume command of the Decepticons. Shockwave also reveals that he is keeping Optimus Prime functional so that he can access the creation matrix, which Optimus possesses, and use it to create an army of Decepticons. Megatron pretends to go along with this, but plots revenge. At a nearby hospital, we find Buster and Ratchet. Buster tells Ratchet that Sparkplug only had a mild heart attack and the corrosive fuel that Sparkplug used to trick the Decepticons. The two reason that the Decepticons must have been utterly defeated if they attacked the Autobots, but Ratchet is worried because no one is responding to his attempts to communicate with the Ark. Inside the hospital, Sparkplug makes Buster promise to break off all ties to the Autobots, fearing for his safety. Buster reluctantly agrees, but goes with Ratchet to the Ark to say his goodbyes. The two arrive at Mount St. Hillary, only to find the Decepticons guarding the entrance to the Ark. Buster sneaks inside and almost immediately discovers the lifeless Autobots. He briefly takes hope in the fact that Optimus does not appear to be a part of the group, but his hopes are dashed when he discovers the still-functioning but detached head of the Autobot leader who informs Buster that he is the Autobot's last hope. Oof. Well, <laughs> dire straits for Optimus and the Autobots, it looks like. Uh... Let's talk about the book. Uh, Clinton, you're up. Uh, we usually do a good, bad thing here uh, where we let uh, somebody from the show bring up something good or bad from the comic. Yada, yada. Also, yada. <laughs> so, Clinton, what do you think? Uh, tell me something good. Tell me something bad about the book. Hmm, something good. I kind of like Shockwave's choices in pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. He's watching The Honeymooners and Let's Make a Deal. Man, I used to love Let's Make a Deal as a kid. I still kind of watch it now if I'm home. Of course, it's not on Money Hall. It's Wayne Brady, but still, still cool. I like the opening picture, too. Yeah. I thought that was really good. I, I can't listen to Wayne Brady speak without thinking of the Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just can't. Yeah, you, you seem good now. You're you're going to kill some of these people. We, we just don't know when. <laughs> yeah, that, that was comedy gold isn't that where he's like the whitest black man or something it was explained how uh, wayne brady makes brian gumble look like malcolm x (laughs) (laughs) and and so dave Chappelle, in just a brilliant idea brings wayne brady onto the show to act like a complete gangster who he is not how why are we talking about this Uh, Let's make a deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's make a deal. Money Hall and now Wayne Brady. Yeah. So, anyway, good drawing, right? I think it's the best uh, page in the book. Is the first. <laughs> so, um, even though Pat's supposed to be next, John, please, because this sounds like a bad. You should talk about that for a second. I do not like the art. 
the coloring is way off, particularly the Autobots that are hanging from the ceiling. In a scene that's supposed to be the most poignant, it doesn't work because it's just weird to me that Windcharger is yellow. Windcharger's not yellow. I had his toy. He's red. And what the hell's going on with Ironhide here? Who's red and blue instead of just solid red. You know, Ironhide always seems to get it the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why? I mean, Bob Budiansky himself created him and made him and gave him the titanium a- alloyed steel. And he always, gets on rolled up. he always gets just taken apart. Yeah. Crazy. Which not so iron, is he? No, he's not. He really isn't. Can we all just be thankful, though, that Huffer is one of the people hanging from the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> Poor, Poor Huffer. But also, Buster Witwicky looks like he's uh, been um, snorting Adderall for about three days he d- he looks like a character that is incapable of blinking when he does his so nobody can beat optimus nobody yeah so not a big fan of the art or the color you're really no. nerdy that's not the right color you see here the torso was supposed to be blue and uh, i don't care the robots oh well i think you would like, I know, I, mean, I know. That's that's kind of like I don't know. A Roblox were like you know a Chinese dude, right? You might be like you know what the heck? This isn't proper characterization. It's, it's kind of just a similar thing where at this point you know they decided they're going to make it a a series and it was going to run for however the heck long it's going to run. You might want to do something like get the colors characters. Oh. And also, there's a bit where Shockwave does his thing where he says, I will be forced to do to you that what I do to this Autobot and what shoots him. That's Sunstreaker that's getting shot in the face. But you wouldn't be able to tell that by looking at him because he's colored like Optimus Prime for some reason. Yeah, I didn't know who that was. In issue nine, there will be something to make you realize, oh, that must have been Sunstreaker. And it definitely is supposed to be Sunstreaker because he's not pictured hanging from the ceiling at all. That's my bad. I do have much good to say later. Pat, what did you think about this? What, you got a good or a bad? Yeah. I'm going to go with a good. I like the story in this. This is an issue you can pick up. You don't have to read the other four. You can pick up and just start reading it. And you know where things are and what happened in the the last four issues. Kind of a brief hey, this is so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so. And mm-hmm. as far as it kept me interested in moving along, and if I was a first-time reader, and like you said, because that cover grabbed me and go, oh, yeah, I got to go, and let me see what's going on with this Transformers now. This is the issue I would say you'd, you'd maybe start somebody off on. Oh, I like hearing that, Pat. That's almost peppy Yeah. It's a Jason Peppy Pat. Despite the art issues, it's a much better comic than what we've seen so far. Yeah. Just, the flaws and all it's it's the beginning of showing what bob budiansky really brings to this comic in that when he's able to um shrink the cast down a bit and concentrate on a few characters mm-hmm. and he obviously has some favorite characters ratchet becomes one of his first favorites and when he's able to get away with it up until hasbro really starts getting on him to make sure he has to crank out more characters and larry hama had to go through the same thing over on gi joe mm-hmm. but Budiansky really, when he's able to take time and put these characters through these four or five issue arcs, it really comes up with some good stuff. And you're going to see some great Ratchet stuff here and even some good Buster stuff coming up from here. Clinton, do you got another good or a bad? Uh, You guys have pretty much gone over most everything I had for a good or a bad. I think I will uh, point out the big uh, Megatron on the cross looking thing like it's 
Megatron getting ready to die for the Decepticon sins. <laughs> they have a lot of sins, Clinton. Actually, what's with the proportions in that? Because, you know, I get that he's supposed to be like kind of, you know, the main focus, but Shockwave is about the size of Megatron's feet. You know, I'm definitely no yard sale artist. I don't know all the terms. I can't, I can barely draw a stick figure. Yeah, th- this just looks wonk. Yeah, for a splash page, I don't know how long Kupperberg lasts on the book. I don't think it's very long, is it's it? One, he has one more issue after this and then he's gone. I can see why. There are some things that he did well. But there are a lot of things that he did not so well. I wasn't a fan of his humans drawings. Buster looked like he had mumps or something. I don't know what it was. It was he just didn't have a like a right look. And Megatron, he gets a lot of it down, but it's almost like he just got tired of drawing robots. He goes he goes through the trouble of the colorist at least gives Buster the same colored shirt he was wearing in the previous one. Pays attention to that, but can't make wind charger red. Sorry, I'm bitter. <laughs> it was the thing that made me mad as a kid because I had a lot of the, the little mini ones and it seems like he miscolored every one of the things. <laughs> You're ruining my childhood. <laughs> okay, on page uh, 14, what color are Sparkplug's eyes supposed to be? Don't they're red. He's been drinking. Well, you see, Buster, this is how you can tell I've had a heart attack. I mean, just look at my eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, they look brownish red. Yeah. 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 So, Dalvin, you you got a good or a bad? Let's go with the ending that you mentioned. The ending, they, I mean, issue four ended on a very big cliffhanger shockwave return. But issue five ended on... I'd say a pretty big one. You got Optimus Prime, the hero of the book. You know, his not even his head is severed. Like, good Shockwave did a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, he decided he wanted to take over the Decepticons. He already knew how to counter Megatron and how wily and smart he is. You know, you have Shockwave, that cold calculating guy. Everything he does is thought out and he's crunched the numbers or this is the best course of action and or this is the worst course of action. And Megatron is just raw emotion a lot of times. But there's a reason that Megatron is the leader and Shockwave is at best the number two to Megatron. It's it's very much a you know, Megatron is a Kirk and uh, Shockwave is a Spock. That makes it easy for Pat if they do fight, as uh, is promised at the end of this, um, to the death. Then Pat will know what music to play. But we would also be really remiss if we didn't uh, talk about the most important part of this book, which is the introduction of the creation matrix, Mm. which is one of the most important items of the mythos it goes through several retcons several changes but this is where it starts and it starts here described by shockwave as being something that every 10 millennia a new autobot leader is chosen and they are imbued with the creation matrix unlike in the movie and later things it's not an object. It seems to be a program that can be transferred from one Autobot to another. It can be used to create life. Over time, it, and once the movie came out, it became an object that was able to be passed from one leader to another. 
Beast Wars added a lot to it. And then the IDW comics, the ones that Maggie and I are covering on on the show, the Rod Pod, shameless plug. By that point, they've kind of synthesized the two. It's an object that holds the essence of creation of the Transformers. So it's a very important thing that Bob Budiansky just created on a whim to get a new way to uh, create new characters if he had to, because he knew he would. Yeah, I mean, it very much is... The Transformers Holy Grail. That's a safe thing to say, don't you think? Yes. I love seeing the old stuff that gets retconned away. The idea of once every 10,000 years, the Autobots pick a new leader, which for a race that's functionally immortal, that lives for millions and millions of years, every 10,000 years would be the equivalent of a four-year term. (laughs) I like that. That's nice. So then a lot of it actually starts here then. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of liked about this issue. It's like I said, you can start reading this issue. You don't have to read the other ones and you kind of know where it's going. And, you know, I think that it's like they didn't have something holding them back in this one. And they managed to recap in in the great Marvel style, the entire four issue miniseries in in a page and three panels. Mm -hmm. And rather effectively, it tells you everything you need to know, except that Spider-Man was there. But honestly, do we need to know that? (laughs) Wait, Wait, who, who? Marvel's like, that never happened. It is still firmly in the Marvel Universe. Eventually, that even gets retconned away. But for a while, going at least up to issue nine, it's still in the Marvel Universe. Mm, At least until nine. Okay. All right. Well, Clinton, do you have something else, man? One minor nerdy quip. Go for it. Shockwave has to transform into his gun form to fly away. Space gun. Space laser. To a space gun mode. They never were much for, in the Marvel comic, particularly early on, showing any of them uh, flying in robot mode. Well, in a cartoon, it was just very much a given that Autobots couldn't fly, except for, like, what, Power Glide or something? Very few Autobots could fly, but basically every Decepticon could. Right. But then there were Transformers cartoon episodes where the Autobots were shown as inexplicably flying. We don't care. We have a weekend to get to, guys. Write this script. How do they, <laughs> they fly. It's a kid's toy. Who's really watching these things, right? No one's ever going to go back and look at our work. Maybe we are, sir. Maybe we are. Matt, do you have any other questions? I don't think I really do. This book really explains a lot of kind of what's happening, and I'm looking forward to see where the story goes from here just to see the openness now that can happen now that they're not tied down yeah basically you're kind of like since there's a little bit of freedom you kind of want to see where it goes yeah i want to see how much i want to see you get out on the road and open her up okay. <laughs> one more thing i loved the bit with ratchet talking to the traffic light oh, <laughs> he's only been here for what a week he's barely um gotten himself around the idea that organics are a real form of life yeah they don't fully understand it and i mean yeah so that, that it makes a lot of sense he relates to machines and so he's like <laughs> talking it, to the stoplight and then it works it, well, it doesn't work like that ratchet just say shut up no one likes you buster that's why your name is buster buster <laughs> He could have told Ratchet, look, all you got to do is turn your lights on and we can drive right there. Ooh. Yeah, Yeah, but instead he's like, you can't run red lights now. You're not hauling patient. We're going to have to obey the law. Robots are invading your planet, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, the Decepticons might be taking over the planet. Stop for the stoplight. Stop. Stop. 
Now it's time for us to talk about who had the touch where we talk about which character in the book stood out the most, Autobot, Decepticon, or Human. Also, Pat totally gets what the touch means now. That doesn't sound all right. Anyway. You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah. Uh, let's see. For me, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, the guy that had the touch was Shockwave. Dude, right now, he is on top of the world. He had himself... Uh, quite a um, sequence of events this entire issue like i don't think he could be touched what do you think john yep shockwave shockwave had the touch he's the only character in this that you can say got everything he was looking for in the issue every other character is completely hamstrung one way or another either they don't have the knowledge or they are literally a severed head (laughs) so yes uh, shockwave hat tip to you you creepy weirdo the crazy dutch bastard (laughs) clinton huffer oh wait no Uh, (laughs) the issue is entirely about shockwave forget all this buster bust and whatever bust you in your freaking jaw man velocity with buster pat doesn't like buster clinton doesn't like buster i mean i want to get him but it's buster he's a whiny boy Buster just needs to keep on busting himself right on out. <laughs> Buster. How did that happen? In the cartoon, it was Spike, and then in the comics, it was Buster. Eventually, they add Spike to the comic and remove Buster, and it's weird, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> they totally. <laughs> Because they have to, because of him, Matthew. The toys made them put him Spike there. So rather than just say, go through a phase, my name is Spike now, Dad. Spike. Nope. Older brother Spike. Yep. (laughs) Even though in this issue, Barkplug very poignantly says, you're all I got, son. Implying that you're my only son, son. You know, it's more than meets the eye. Or who knows? Maybe Sparkplug is hiding something at a kid on the side. So that's why he was hanging out, working on cars. We'll have to wait until Spike shows up to see how they dump him in. (laughs) Or quite quite possibly, like Sparkplug was hooking up with Mrs. O. Oh. 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 Who never appears in the show. I'm liking this theory. I'm like, (laughs) I think I'm going with that. This has, uh, this has legs. <laughs> I'm picturing uh, the two of you putting up a bunch of like uh, pictures of these guys on the on the wall with with string between them. All right, here's <laughs> O, right? And O goes into Mr. O's, but you don't see his mom. Where's Mrs. O? It's at the garage. <laughs> I need a tune-up. Getting the oil change. <laughs> Did you did you say who had to touch for you, sir? I'm sorry. No, I didn't. Go ahead. I'm gonna go with Shockwave too. It's it's the shocker. Well, there was something I was gonna mention, and what that was is I I, I am reading Uncanny X Men right now. Very glad they went back to the original title, by the way. But that's another podcast. The main two characters that are in the book right now are Cyclops and Wolverine. That's it. Yeah. All the other X-Men right now are apparently dead. 
And so while maybe the first two, three or so issues might be a little bit slow as far as the hero action, you're going to get to learn a lot about Cyclops. You're going to get to learn a lot about Wolverine. And in that, it's cool because for whatever reason, the writer of this story, of the story arc, they want you to focus on these two characters. They are major uh, components to the story. And that's what we have with Shockwave right now. Shockwave is a major component to this story. Mm -hmm. And that means something. And we're going to find out exactly what, because right now he has all the Autobots completely on ice. And he has the leader of the Autobots, his head, quite literally on a pike. And he has the leader of the Decepticons, or the former leader, sitting there like pretty much hung up on the cross. He's got everything right now. So it'll be interesting to see what else we learn about Shockwave in the coming uh, issues. So we talked about the touch. Somebody had to be less than meets the eye here. So uh, we should talk about the character that was worse in the book. And they should have their head detached. And I'll mine for data. But I am just a broken machine. And I do things that don't really mean like that. Clinton, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to go with spark plug on this one. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, he's all pulling that. You know, these transformers are bad news. You stay away from <laughs> them, son. Because <laughs> in the comics, my version of Spark Plug is you know hanging out in Hazard County. We can only use them for delivering moonshine past Roscoe and Enos. <laughs> Roscoe P. Coltrane. Where's my woman, Mrs. O? <laughs> <laughs> Considering how Prowl is depicted in the IDW comics. Early, that's actually great to think of Roscoe driving him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just got to go with Sparkplug because he does nothing to really help anything. All he's doing is just creating some unneeded drama for the book for Buster that nobody cares about anyway. Okay. All right. Screw you, Sparkplug. <laughs> what about you, Pat? Who do you think is less than meets the eye? I'm going to go Buster. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Buster, let the car can drive itself. It, let him drive himself. <laughs> Pat, talk, talk to me. Is, is there someone named Buster in your past that like took an ice cream for you, perhaps maybe stole a girl? No. <laughs> hmm. Okay. We're, we're going to have to discuss this um, further. What? Am I wrong? Come on. <laughs> You're basically like, yeah, Buster, his face, right? Yeah. No, his name, Buster. <laughs> no. Okay, I'm with I you. I think he's lame in this one. He's lame again. It's like, what are you doing? And then you, oh, I hope nothing else is wrong. Oh, yep, there is. <laughs> <laughs> this is one time where the Ghostbusters song is wrong. Bustin yeah. does not make you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and Optimus Prime is going, Buster, you're my only hope. Poor Optimus. Someone's here that can help. Someone's here. It's close as me, Buster. Oh. Couldn't you at least be spark plugs? Your father seems to be an incredible scientist. Oh. Uh, John, less than me, CI. It was almost Buster for me because Buster is useless and poorly drawn in this but i gotta give it to uh rumble and frenzy both for being colored stupidly and that they're 
so inept that they can't stop a human from sneaking by them. Buster just gets by them by just just running right by. Oh, you know what? I just I just had a um, a flashback. I, I think that that's going to be trouble for either Rumble or Frenzy. Yeah. Yes, I believe you're right. I think it's Rumble. Let's oh, let's let's not go any further. No. All right. Yeah. Well, we got a previously on. Yeah, we might have another previously then. All right. Pre- previously on. Excuse me. All right. Let's see me see. Me. I'm going to go with Ratchet. Ratchet consistently let Buster outwit him, which seemed to be, <laughs> I don't know, weird. And then, like, I do know Ratchet's a medic and everything, but you would think he would be the one to want to go in and try and sneak and find out what happened to his friends. It does kind of make sense that the smaller being wanted to run ahead and do it, but then, I don't know. Cody he doesn't even bother to show you how it happened. And Buster's pass. He rolled a 20 on that stealth, and <laughs> there he is. Meanwhile, Ratchet's just all, I'm a simple country doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hang out here behind these rocks while the human hopefully doesn't get killed. If he can get killed, though, I can fix him. I'm a doctor. Uh, oh, oh, right. Robot doctor? I, oh, wonder boy, think, I wonder if he thinks he could. I, I mean, I wonder if he No, that's a conversation for later at what point do they figure out humans because they they really manhandled them a couple of times coming up that's a story for another time so we've talked about everything except the ratings now is the time for the overall ratings for the book to recap for the audience we will honor the old tech specs that came with every transformers toy and give a rating of one to ten ten being the best to describe how we felt about this issue. Oh man, I'm going first here. Huh. Your turn. My turn. It's a good opening story artwork, notwithstanding the story itself and the portrayal of Shockwave Budiansky starting off a multi-year run on this book. I'm going to give it an eight. thought it was a good book. I thought it was a very good lead-in story. Uh, lots of good, and I want my rating to reflect that. John, I'm going to do it uh, with with arithmetic. The cover of this is an obvious 10. Plot of this is 10. And the art of this is for me a five. So that means out of 25 divided by three, I get an eight point something rounded down. So I will go eight as well. I kind of fell asleep on that. That's a long way for an eight. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Maybe. I thought some people would want to know behind the scenes for the way that John comes up with his ratings. But we, we did, John. Thank, thank for you, Pat. <laughs> it's an eight. It would be a 10 if the art was better. Man, I do like this side of you, though. I admit it is it is cheerful and it is um, it's hopeful. I like that. I like it a lot. Keep it up. Pat. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to give this. Well, there's 10 pages in this book. There is <laughs> one cover. Just tell the rating. <laughs> we do tech specs one through 10. I hate you, Milkman. <laughs> I am going to give this a nine. I'm going to do better yeah. than you guys. I, I like the plot. And it tells you, like I said, I'm going to keep going back. Like John said, this is one that you can just hand somebody and say, you know, start reading from here. It's, and you know what, Pat, your ratings are actually the most purest of any of them because you're coming to this. Yeah, I haven't read it. No, yeah, I've never read this. So 
that makes me happy that you outvoted the two of us who both know this issue, remember this issue, but you came to this mm-hmm. issue and like it even better than we do. That's what's, that's what's cool about comic books. See, I'm a, I'm a story guy. So if you got a good story, you won me over. Right. Art, art's fine. I mean, I, I like the art too. And you get you get really good art, then it's really great. But as long as you got the story and keeps me interested, yeah, I'm hooked. Now, Clinton, we haven't gotten to you, sir. What do you think? What, what, what's your I right forgot here? Clinton was here. Clinton, you still never forgot. Everybody. He's well, unforgettable. There are seven <laughs> continents. Uh, there's three seasons of this cartoon. So that adds up to 10. Um, but wait, how many episodes a season? From now on, I'm just gonna bark out. Four. That Four. Screw you! I won't tell you why. I'm just gonna like roll a random number here. Hold on. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's see what the D10 tells me. Yeah. And see if it's wrong. Actually, it's, it is actually a seven on Ooh. my die, and that is what I'm going to give this issue. You got any pluses? You guys actually won me over because I initially wanted to give it a six. Yeah. You know, everybody giving it high praise for like being an introductory issue. You know, I honestly I didn't read the first four, so I, you know I'll have to agree. It, you know, it sets up everything. My biggest drawback, I think, is just a personal one because I had trouble really trying to separate it from the cartoon continuity that's so ingrained in my brain. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can ignore the art, it is a really good story. It's definitely setting everything up, and you do want to read more. So, yeah, I mean, I'll go with the seven on it. Okay, that works. That sounds good. Uh, Looks like we are all done talking about the book, but we should also talk about the Transformer Spotlight, where John features a particular Transformer uh, of today's issue. So, John, it is all yours. And thanks again, Delvin. Yeah, for this one, it's a pretty obvious choice. He's a character that's really cool, has been from its introduction, and this comic book is a great reason why. If you bought Shockwave's toy and turned it around and looked at the tech specs, you would see Allegiance, Decepticon, Function, Military Operations Commander. His motto was clarity of thought before rashness of action. Now, remember, this is on a scale of 1 to 10. This guy is a pretty badass. His strength is 9. His intelligence is 10. His speed is 7. His endurance is 7. His rank is 9, which ties him with Starscream, which is an interesting idea. His courage is 9. His firepower is 9. His skill is 9. I like that his courage is nine. That does represent someone that's devoted completely to logic. He would always have himself out. He would never go all in. He would never have a courage of 10 and just always be cliff jumper like let me at him. He is cold, brutal, scientific with his approach to war. He seeks to overthrow Megatron as leader of the Decepticons because he believes logic says he would be better. Now, as a space laser gun, he can emit lethal beams of energy from anywhere on the electromagnetic spectrum. Gamma rays, x-rays, light, infrared rays, radio waves, etc. He can fly in laser gun or robot mode. High fuel use, but he can be powered by nuclear sources. He's often confounded by initiative and emotional thinking. Shockwave transforms into a large Cybertronian handgun, which you can hold in your hand, and he is such a cool toy. He was a combination of plastic and die-cast metal. 
and he had probably the most amount of articulation of any of the robots themselves of the era. And it's also worth noting that unlike the other Transformers up to this point, Shockwave was taken from a Korean toy company rather than the Japanese companies. Shockwave sticks around for a long time in these comics. He is always either at the forefront or close nearby the main plot, and he is, has this level of coolness that has kept him around in the comics. Dreamwave had him around for a bit. IDW makes him incredibly awesome in an event called Dark Cybertron, which Maggie and I will eventually get to. He is nuts in that one. It builds on everything that is set up in this comic right here. Wow. Even, even though it's a different continuity, this shockwave is still, in a lot of ways, that shockwave. Devotes himself to pure logic and what is the ultimate thing that a, a logical creature like shockwave would come up with. And it is awesome. I love this character. He is one of my favorite characters of all. He was also in one of the Michael Bay movies, but if you're into that sort of thing. No, no one is. Absolutely no one is. So that's Shockwave. Well, uh, looks like there's time for uh, one more promo break uh, very quickly. So let's take that now. The Transformers will return after these messages. In late 1984, Marvel's direct sales manager sat in a crowded meeting of comic retailers. Let's be honest, Secret Wars was crap, right? But did it sell? The room exploded with applause. Well, get ready for Secret Wars Series 2. Beginning in 2018, Pulp to Pixel's Marvel superhero Secret Wars and Beyond will do the unthinkable Secret Wars 2. We'll take a detailed look at the event, the tie-ins, the new characters, and we will attempt to answer one of the largest questions in the history of the Marvel Universe. What the heck was Jim Shooter thinking? No, no, seriously, what was Jim Shooter thinking? Well, you can find out at the Pulp to Pixel podcast network, where you can subscribe to all of our amazing shows, or just to Secret Wars and Beyond itself, as it is now in its own omnipotent feed. Secret Wars 2 and Beyond, a Pulp to Pixel podcast production. You'll believe an omnipotent being can use the restroom. We now return to the Transformers. Now it's time for social media likes, shares, and uh, uh, oh, wait. We, have any? we don't have that. Jeez. Hmm. Don't have any, but there's a good reason for that, though. We're uh, a little truth in advertisement here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're doing this one about two weeks after we did episode four, of which we have not released yet. So we don't have any social media like shares or retweets. Uh, but what we can probably do for uh, six, hopefully, is uh, to combine them both and uh, get them to you. Or we might be one month behind or something. But trust me, one way or the other, if you get to us, we'll get back to you. We appreciate all of you guys for sending every like and share every comment. It makes it makes me smile in particular whenever I get to read it. I'm sure the other guys like it, too. And even Clinton, who isn't a member of our show, demands that you send us uh, feedback. <laughs> he was very clear on that. That was part of the deal somehow. Feedback or no new Transformers. <laughs> and I'm talking to toys, not the show. Yes. I'm Wait. saying we need, we need like 10 feedback and then I want five from, I want 10 from I Twitter. I want 10 from Facebook. Well, we I'm don't... doing my math again. Sorry. <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, before we get off the rails again, you guys are pretty hard to navigate. I have to admit, you should be proud of that. And that's the show. Please come back and join us for next episode where we discuss Transformers issue six. If you'd like to hear more from us, the Long Box Crusade is in a lot of places. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers at www.longboxcrusade.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Long Box Crusade. YouTube, we have a channel. Look for us. It's Long Box Crusade. Subscribe. We're on there once every uh, second Sunday. Is that right, Pat? Second Sunday of every month at 3.30 Central Time. 3.30 Central Time. Please come join us. There's usually laughs and hijinks and prizes given out. All that stuff. We're also looking for new promos for the show. If you're interested, email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. John, why don't you tell us about your podcast? And where you can be found on interwebs. Uh, my wife and I actually do two podcasts. Uh, first one is called uh, Transformers IDW The Rod Pod, where we talk about IDW Transformers Phase 2 stuff. And also Married with Comics, where we talk about uh, pretty much everything else. Right now, you can find both of those at just by pointing your podcatcher at Married with Comics or uh, looking for those terms on Facebook or Twitter. So, Clinton, it was a pleasure having you. Where can we find you out there in the World Wide Web? Well, I appreciate you having me. Um, as you mentioned at first, I do contribute to the BatmanUniverse.net. I write some a uh, little bit of merchandise news for upcoming products, so that's always fun. But other than that, I host a podcast called Coffee and Comics Podcast, where I discuss comics and comic-related media, usually in the span of time it takes to have a coffee break. And other than that, you can find me on Twitter at Coffee Comics BLG. Well, that's awesome. Once again, dude, thanks for coming on. Thanks for your contributions. Thanks for putting up with our craziness. And you're welcome back anytime. Oh, I appreciate that. What about you, Pat? Where can we find you? Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram at Christatos01. Where can they find you, Delvin? Oh, yeah. Forgot about me. We can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. See y'all next time. And remember, freedom is the right of all sentient beings till all are one. Till all are one. one. I still don't get that one. It's okay, Pat. You got the touch. You got the power.
no doubt that things get too tough. You got the touch. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. To know just what it takes, you're a fighter.